Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, USA Today, USA Today NFL Wire site that covers Arizona Cardinals. We're on episode 499, dang near 500 episodes over the last 10 and a half, almost 10 and a half years. And this edition of the show is the second of our two preview shows. We've got Cardinals Bears this weekend. Seth and I did our preview picks and predictions, previews, pick and prop bets show already. And uh, I've got with me on the line my Bears Wire managing editor, and also she's my boss, uh, Alyssa Barbieri from BearsWire.com, also a senior editor for the NFL Wire. Alyssa, you've been on the show a couple of times but on our preview shows in the offseason. Appreciate you coming on to talk Cardinals Bears this week. How you been? I've been good. Thanks for having me again. Uh, my goodness, a lot has happened since we last talked in the offseason. Uh, I think, especially in terms of the Bears, it did, the season has not gone as I have expected. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about in this game. Can't believe we yeah. still have only three weeks left. That's crazy. I know, I know. It's and and, and neither team has had. Now, I have to, let, we're going to start talking about the Bears in general. Um, going into this year, you you were hoping that the Bears could be better this year. That they would they took their lumps last year. Had they lost close games, but that they would be better than they were. I'm I'm guessing that what you've seen from the Bears this year is does not match what the expectations were. Um, what you've seen so far this year. Yeah, I mean, I think expectations were pretty high heading into this season, uh, and they all came crashing down in Week One against the Packers when it was it was just more of the same, and that game should not have gone as it has. And I think the brutal 0-4 start and kind of everything that happened. Uh, up to that point, it, it looked like Matt Eberflus was going to be fired midseason. Bears had never done that before, so I wasn't really expecting it. But, you know, when you look at Justin Fields, because obviously that's the big talking point here and will be for uh, the final three games and, and throughout the offseason, depending on what Ryan Poles opts to do, you know, looking at him, he has shown marked improvement, which has, it, it's surprising because obviously he missed uh, that bulk of game, uh, like about four games with that uh, right thumb injury. And then you look at the defensive turnaround. It, I feel like I've watched two different seasons with the defense because they were so bad. Like it was like, it was atrocious. Obviously they had a lot of injuries and things. And then they had their defensive coordinator resigning. Although there are people saying that he was fired for, you know, um, bad conduct and then Matt Eberflus took over that role, and they made a, a turnaround, obviously. It started with going out and trading for Montez Sweat, who 
his addition has just completely transformed this defense. Sweat's addition, Matt Eberflus taking control. I mean, he's been a great defensive coordinator, and the defense has been a big part of their turnaround here uh, in the latter part of the season. So it has really felt like two different seasons. It was so bad in the beginning, and then they went on this late run here. Um, and, and it was trending up until that game against Cleveland uh, last week, but it's still not up to par. Obviously, this was supposed to be the year where the Bears were contending for the NFC North and for the playoffs, and it's just an overall disappointment to the point where I found it hard to believe that Matt Eberflus would be back um, next season, and I think the jury's still out in Justin Fields. Uh, personally, I would like to see him back. I think that they should build around him, especially when you, it looks like they're going to have the number one pick again. Thank you, Carolina. Um, <laughs> but it, it, overall, the entire season, it, it has not gone as I've expected. Disappointing, but it's clear that there are still uh, a lot of holes that they need to fill. Well, and that, that is kind of the next question. Uh, obviously, the 0-4 start. Like if, if you, if you want to look positively, and being a Cardinals fan for, for my entire life, uh, since they came to Arizona, I'm one that does that. But when you look, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the 0-4 start, you can't ignore that, but they've been pretty okay since then. Um, you know, after giving up 38, 27, 41, and 31, they've given up 30 or more only twice, and they've held teams to 20 or less, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times um, of the of the last 10 games. And so you, you look at that, and like there's, you say it's like been watching two different teams, but with that, do you, th- like, can they bring Eberflus back? Um after kind of, or is it, now they're playing better than the Cardinals did late last season, but it kind of feels like kind of a Cliff Kingsbury situation is, can you really bring him back with the expectations? And if Eberflus doesn't come back, do you think that they're going to move on from fields then? Especially you get a brand new coach coming in, you have the number one pick, you've got some really good quarterback talent that you could go with at the top of the draft. And it feels like, you know, Justin, I was saying this on a radio spot I had yesterday. I'm like, you know, how would it be if you keep rolling with Fields? Because you haven't paid him yet, and that, that's, the, that's the important part. It's not like with Murray. Like, there was questions about Murray, but they already paid him. So you do need to, and, and it doesn't make financial sense for the Cardinals to move off of him after this year because that basically puts them in a this-year situation with a brand-new quarterback next year. What do you think is going to happen with both Eberflus and Fields? Do you think one or both will be back or both will be gone? Yeah, I think these next three games are going to determine that. There are so many different things that could happen. In my mind, I think that Eberflus and Fields could be linked because so often we've seen in Chicago there's been this inability to get the head coach and the quarterback on the same timeline. So, you know, whether it's... uh, you know, Ryan Pace drafting Mitchell Trubisky and John Fox's last year, and then and then you fire Fox, you hire Matt Nagy, who inherits Trubisky, and then you draft Fields, and then you fire Nagy, and then you hire Eberflus, <laughs> who inherits Fields. And it's just like a continuous cycle. And at some point, you need to get the head coach and the quarterback on the same timeline, right? So I think that my gut's telling me that that could happen, that they could be linked. You were asking, is there a chance that Eberflus comes back? I think there is. In that scenario, I think that Luke Getze, uh, the offensive coordinator, would probably be the scapegoat because when you look at the offense and just 
it's underperformed this season despite some improvements along the offensive line, and obviously getting DJ Moore has been huge. And Justin Fields has still made improvements, but I feel like after this kind of season, someone needs to be fired, and I feel like it, it could be trending towards Luke Getze t- you know, being the scapegoat there. But at the same time, I could see them clearing house entirely and just starting over. I think it depends on Ryan Poles and where he's sitting, because this decision is more difficult this year when you look at, obviously, Caleb Williams and Drake May being up there at the top of the draft. And, you know, it's one thing to pass on C.J. Stroud, right? Last year, you know, Ryan Poles went through his evaluation. He deemed that Justin Fields was the better option. But it'd be one thing to pass (laughs) on. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be one thing to pass on a quarterback twice and have both those guys you passed on um, you know, be really great players. And, but like you said, too, with Fields, I, you know, you don't have to pay him yet. He still has, he's going to be entering the fourth year of his rookie deal. You have the fifth year option. You could exercise this off season. If you want to even look further down the line, you could use a franchise tag the next year. Like you, you don't have to pay him that big deal yet. There's still plenty of time for evaluation. And I think that when you look at like what Fields has been through, I mean, it's no secret Chicago does not know how to develop quarterbacks. <laughs> and Fields is just the latest example. Like he's showing flashes. He has all the tools. And I knew in my, in my heart that they were going to find a way to mess this up because that's what they do. But I think that you owe it to Fields to go out and get him a legitimate offensive mind, an offensive coordinator to actually work and develop him. He's gone from Matt Nagy to Luke Getze who are one and the same, just, like, do not know how to build an offense around a quarterback. Like, I mean, you look at Justin Fields and his skill set. I mean, he's someone that, you know, offensive coordinator would love to have fun with that. And, you know, all the things going on with Fields, because, I mean, he's to blame. There's still some issues. He needs to work on taking care of the football better. He's got some fumbling issues. You know, he's been indecisive at times. But, you know, he's really made strides. And you really want to see him with more weapons around him because – you were talking about, um, before we hopped on the show, you know, Kyler Murray, like, really only having trust in Trey McBride at this point. And I think that's the same thing with Fields having trust in DJ Moore and Cole Komet. Those are the only two guys, really, that he does. Darnell Mooney has been a disappointment this season and ha- has had some big drops. Um, but I think, you know, looking ahead to, I could see Ryan Poles keeping uh, Justin Fields because he's someone you could build around. This team is more than a quarterback away. I think that's what it com- what it comes down to. And when you have the number one pick, you have the opportunity to trade back and get an even bigger haul than what you got last year. And DJ Moore was part of that. And I think if you have if there's a team that's willing to pay for that number one pick, and there will be because of those quarterbacks that are going to be up there, you know, maybe this is a situation where you go out and you get a vet another veteran player, like it worked out for the Bears this year, and you get obviously some more first round picks and additional draft capital. So it's something where Yes, I mean, Justin Fields hasn't been a superstar yet, but he, you owe, I think you owe it to him to continue to develop and build around him. And like you said, they haven't paid him yet. I mean, I really, I think the only person that knows what's going to happen is Ryan Poles, and I don't even think he knows that yet. <laughs> I think these final three games, I mean, I could see him bringing back Matt Eberflus because, yes, his team has turned a corner defensively, but I can't, I keep going back to that's not his job. His job is the head to be the head coach. Right, right. Bears. And the way that this team has lost, I keep going back to that. They have blown three fourth quarter leads that they've led by at least 10 points, tied for the most in a single season in NFL history. You look at Matt Eberflus and all these franchise worst and NFL worst records. They set the 14 game losing streak, uh, most in Bears history 
the 10 game home losing streak longest in Bears history. And the one I just, there's so many. And I mean, it's one thing that this is his first year, right, as head coach, but this is, it's the same things we've been seeing. His game management is a big question. You could have argued he should have been fired earlier this season. Again, I love that his, you know, his players are playing for him, rallying around him, and he's turned this defense around. But you can't tell me there's not another defensive coordinator out there that wouldn't be looking at, you know, what the Bears have in Montez Sweat and hopefully re-sign Jalen Johnson this year and that talent in place and wouldn't be able to get a similar result. And you look at those three losses that they've, those late fourth quarter leads that they've blown, they would be eight and six and in the playoffs right now. They should have won all three of those games against the Broncos, the Lions the first time, and the Browns last week. And but you I think that's... Forget, you, you can't forget the eliteness of Joe Flacco. You can't. You can't forget that. Joe Flacco should have been picked off five times. <laughs> he was picked off three times. There Joe Flacco a... is the elite of the elite. Don't forget <laughs> that. He had the... I mean, like, yeah, it's... To lose, like, that's the thing, too. I keep coming back to, they're not just losing, it's the way they lose. They continue to lose in just, like, new heartbreaking ways. And you're, and there were some comments that uh, wide receiver Darnell Mooney was talking about how the team got complacent in the third quarter against the Browns because they were just happy to be leading, and that can't happen. Like, I mean, there there's a lot of things that go into that. Again, I, I love Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator. I wish the Bears could keep him as a defensive coordinator and bring work. in a legitimate head coach. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> and like, I you can you can do that later, like the Broncos did with Vance Joseph. Like, fire him, he's gone mm-hmm. for a few years, and you, then you bring him back. And even then, the people were like, like why would you want to go there? Like, what wouldn't he? It's one of those jobs. But is this a case where the – the team knows they're not as or feels they're not as good as, as when they're winning games like this, as, especially teams like against the Browns and the Lions, because both of them are, are definitely play. Well, the Lions are going to be playoff bound. The Browns are very much in the mix. Now, the Broncos are a different story. Is it a case where they just don't like they're waiting for something that they're waiting for the other shoe to drop in per se? They've, 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 they've got a lead, but they're like, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then it does. Yeah, I mean, you you look at those three games too, and they dominated, and it just, and then they kind of let their foot up off the pedal a little bit, and that's something where after the first time, I understand, but then that's a teaching moment for you as a head coach. You're like, this can't happen again. I don't care how much you're leading by, you, you got to keep the the, the the pedal down, and just, I mean, I have a hard time blaming the defense for the game against the Browns because they scored seven of the points. Um, and then the only offensive touchdown that the Bears scored was courtesy of Eddie Jackson's interception return to the one-yard line. <laughs> so, I mean, that game was aided a lot by the defense. And, you know, the defense had a rough fourth quarter. They, I mean, they still they need to – if they're going to be a great defense, they really need to show up in those moments. But that I still have a hard time blaming the defense in that regard. But all three of them were just very similar in how they were dominating until they just decided to, like, not go as hard and and that's something as a head coach again that you have to instill in your team when it happens the first time so and then the second time you're like oh and then like a third time and again like when you look at the bears could be in the playoff they would be in the playoff hunt right now they they would be in that one of the final wild card spots and be and be one game back of the lions for the NFC North, and they would hold the tiebreaker because they would have swept them. Like, there's a whole bunch of, like, what-ifs in this season, and you can't tell me there's not a good head coach out there that wouldn't have this team 8-6 and six this season. Oh. So let's talk then. What is it that the Bears do well 
on both sides of the ball. What is it that they struggle with overall? Yeah, so I mean, starting on offense, um, they've been a really good ru- uh, run offense under Luke Getze. I think that's one of the positives you could say <laughs> for Getze. Uh, I think they're the uh, at this point they've like hovered around like fourth the top in attempts, five. fifth in yards, and ninth yeah, and in it, yards per attempt. Yeah, and, and Deontay Foreman has been a huge get for the Bears uh, this off season. He was with the Panthers last year, and he's just been great. And obviously, Justin Fields is a big part of that that run game. He's not going to be hitting a thousand yards like he did last season. I think, you know, Bears fans are thankful for that, but he did miss a chunk of time this year. Um, but yeah, their run game on offense is definitely, definitely the strength, the bread and butter of this, uh, this offense. So, um, and when you look at the defense, I mean, I, I, again, I'm going to start with like week nine when Montez Sweat got here just because it's been, the defense has been completely reinvented and they have the number one run defense in the NFL. They've hovered around one, two, three. I don't think they've been lower than top five at all against the run this season, which is incredible when you consider they were the worst run defense in the league last year. And I think going out and getting Andrew Billings uh, in free agency, who already has been signed to an extension, he, the, what he's been able to do in the middle uh, of that defensive line has just been nothing short of remarkable. And then drafting guys like Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, They've been great. Um, Imanta Sweat has also been really solid against the run and those linebackers. Uh, they've been really, really good against the run as a defense. And recently, they've gotten a lot better getting after the quarterback because they were, for the last two seasons, the worst pass rush uh, in the NFL. And since Sweat has come, he just kind of turned it around, which has led to a lot more takeaways. The Bears uh, have the second most interceptions in the league this season. They've been takeaway machines since week nine oh, when yeah. Sweat has been here. It's amazing what a what you know a pass rush will do, right? To help out your secondary, which is what Bears fans have been have been begging for. It's like go out there and get an impact dominant edge rusher and then look what happens. And so I think that'll uh, I think that's been a, a really big uh, get for the Bears. Because a lot of people were talking about Montez Sweat and like, oh is he really worth the second round pick? Because you just you gave him a second round pick to have rights to sign him to an extension, but they got the extension done yeah. and what he's done has just, it's been incredible and the, the best part uh, of, you know, the last few weeks uh, for Bears fans. And, I mean, offense, and I, I mean, on offense in terms of, like, their weakness, I just think it's been inconsistent. They've just been inconsistent as a unit entirely. The passing game, outside of DJ Moore, it's, it's struggled. Um, we saw last week against the Browns, like, <laughs> I still have nightmares about Robert Tunyon dropping this perfectly placed deep ball from Justin Fields, and I'm like, that probably would have been the game, too, even, you know, I know it was in the first half, but, like, that's another touchdown that you get. Um, just play calling, too, with Luke Getze, and I've talked about him a lot. I think, at very least, he will be gone this year. Uh, after this year, it, it, it's frustrating. I, I don't maybe he's a spy for the Packers, you know. <laughs> internal side he's just like imploding them from the inside so the, so the packers really do own the bears in that sense if they... <laughs> right. yes. oh man um been, yeah. or or if we're going to go deeper rough. that 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 it's it's aaron Rodgers, buddy and he wants to continue to um, own the yeah. bears even though on the jets yeah it's suspicious too because oh my god like i mean there are times that like look at see i mean he's had his moments he's He's been good, but he gets back. It, it's very Matt Nagy-esque 
in terms of, you know, he has his his scheme, his system. He wants to run these plays. He wants the players to fit that. He wants an Aaron Rodgers back there at quarterback. Justin Fields is not that. He's a completely different quarterback. Um, it's, I don't know, that's been the most frustrating uh, aspect, I think, for sure. It's just, I guess the team overall has just been the inconsistencies. There, I mean, there were injuries earlier that they battled through, and, you know, on defense especially, which led to some of those uh, really bad outings. But they need to learn how to, to close out games, I think, just as an entire team and starts with the head coach. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, Mr. Cardinals Talk on the Web. Let's let's dive into this matchup. Cardinals Bears. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, Mr. Cardinals Talk on the Web. The Cardinals Bears this weekend at Soldier Field. Interesting fact, something I wrote about on Cards Wires that the Cardinals haven't lost. At Soldier Field, in fact, the, the, while the Bears and the Cardinals have been playing each other off and on since 1920, because, you know, they're old, old, old NFL franchises, and the, and the Bears lead that all-time series significantly, 57-29 to 29 to 6 ties. But the last six games, and over the last 20 years, they haven't played each other often. Um, they've been split. The road team has won each one of them. That means the Cardinals haven't lost to Soldier Field since 2003. That was when Jeff Blake played quarterback for the Cardinals, and Cordell Stewart was the quarterback for the Bears that year. I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet Alyssa doesn't have any recollection of, of that game. Uh, I have none. I was in middle <laughs> school. I remember like, I'd started following like football um, like two years before that. I started in 01. <laughs> like, I, I fell in love with hockey first when I was seven years old, and then I got into football. Uh, you're making me feel old you're making me feel old <laughs> but yeah i mean no recollection of that game but that was crazy that stat you told me that right before we could, we got on i'm like i knew it was bad i didn't think it was that bad like we're talking that's like 20 years ago which yes, uh, yes. you're basically telling me um do you know take the cardinals to win this game yeah well i mean like if you're looking at that trend yes and and all three games all three games have been blowouts too, essentially, because they yeah. it was the twenty twenty one was thirty three twenty two. Then there was twenty fifteen. That was the, the the David Johnson return to kick off for a touchdown, the first play from scrimmage, forty eight to thirteen. And then it was forty one twenty one in two thousand nine. But that was a year that the Cardinals were a, a playoff team. They won their division for the second year in a row. But this game is interesting. Um, it's it's weird because on, on one level, you know, fans always want their teams to win. It's fun to see teams win. It's 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 very it's very unfan like to be like lose. But at the same time, I think collectively both fan bases don't want to lose draft status, and so there's part of them that would like to see them lose, and so. I mean, I was talking about this on the radio yesterday. I'm like, I guess kind of the best scenario for the Cardinals is for this to be a very competitive game that is lost in the end, uh, where everyone looks good, but the Bears just look a little bit better. Now, the Bears are, are in a nice position in the fact they are they, they basically locked in at number one overall, and they, they stand basically where the Cardinals believed they would be. Uh, with the, their pick and the Texans' pick, but the Texans just turned out to be good. We, we were expecting two top ten, two top five picks. That said, what do you like about this matchup? Well, if we were looking at the, the, the two teams, it's going to be interesting. Strength on strength. The Cardinals' run game is by far their best thing that they have going for them offensively. It's the kind, and it's kind of the only thing offensively or defensively they have going for them. They run the ball really well. And the Bears stop the run incredibly well it's not just 
yards. It's yards per attempt. They're number one in yards allowed. They're number three in yards per attempt. And and so that the question is, is that top rushing defense ranking, is there anything deceiving about it, or are they just that great against the run? Yeah, you look at that run defense, and like looking back this season, uh, even like recently, I think the Lions have been the only team really uh, with that that the duo of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs who have found some success. Even in the first matchup, it was mostly through the air though in the receiving game. But and the the second matchup that the Bears won, they were able to actually put on you know some yards on the ground and they had their moments there. But yeah, I think that's a that's a really important battle to watch in this game. Um, just because, obviously, like you said, the Cardinals run the ball a lot, and this is going to be a big challenge, too. You look at what they were able to do against, you know, the 49ers last week, which was just insane. Don't I don't foresee anything like that happening in this matchup, <laughs> but, I mean, they have the talent back there, and, you know, there are going to be some plays that the, the Bears' run defense is really going to have to shore up here. Um, and I think... I'm going to be watching on defense, especially just the bears have really turned things around getting after the quarterback and their ability to pressure the quarterback. It's been the reason they've gotten so many takeaways uh, over these last few weeks, just getting in the quarterback's face and getting it up, throwing the ball up for grabs and, and the backs been capitalizing. The the takeaway numbers are, are start on they're incredible 14 takeaways in their last four games three at least three in every game of the last four and then before that before that they had nine takeaways the entire season it's the montez sweat effect (laughs) yes and and that's (laughs) that that's very that's incredible because and and now on the flip side the the offense has been careless Right, I mean, you had the they were they had no turnovers against Detroit, but they had three against Cleveland, they had two against Minnesota, and they turned it over once in their loss to the to the Lions. And and you go a couple games before that, they had five five turnovers against the Saints. And if we go down the line, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games with multiple turnovers. I'm I'm guessing that's probably going to be the money stat for this week is who takes better care of the football. Absolutely. I was going to say the winner of this game is going to be who who commits the fewest mistakes. And, and when you look at the turnover numbers, you know, you're mentioning some of those that were when Justin Fields was out. But last week against the Browns, two of his interceptions were Hail Marys. And one hit the ground at the end of halftime and they still ruled it an <laughs> interception. So he's been he's been doing better in terms of not throwing a lot of interceptions. But when he's on the move with the ball, sometimes he can be careless and he fumbles, you know, and that, that's his biggest thing is he needs to, to take better care of the football there. But, yeah, I mean, that's exactly – that's what I was going to say too. Whoever commits a few of his mistakes is going to win this football game. So uh, the onus is going to be on these defenses to rattle these quarterbacks because I think that's the recipe to, uh, to success, you know, for you as Boom. a team. Get at, rattle them, force them into mistakes, and there you go. I mean, that works on any quarterback. But it does. No, now, <laughs> here's a stat that you'll probably like for yourself or for the Bears okay. is the fact that the Cardinals have not had a sack in their last three games. Oh, I do like you that. You and but... I have the same number of sacks as the Cardinals oh. do in their last three games. Wow. Man, okay, I want to raise. Um <laughs> I mean, they're going to pay a lot there in Arizona. I mean, like, I, we have the same stat line. Okay. Um, yeah, but one of the things, too, that I'm going to be looking at, you know, the offensive line, they had a rough go of it last week, but I think Fields, Fields was pressured on 70% of his dropbacks last week, which is just insane. Which but that, that is a top that's gonna be, 
and, and here's here's also the thing, yeah, that the Browns have a very good pass rush. The Cardinals yeah. also have one of the lowest pressure rates. They were getting sacks. They were doing. They were pretty well good at getting sacks early on in the season. Um, they're 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 basically hodgepodge group of edge players. You know, Victor Demichaji, Zayvon Collins, Dennis Gardeck. Um and then the second round pick, Bijo Jolari, he's been he's the the one that producing some pressure, but the, the, their pressure numbers are incredibly low. Early on, they were getting sacks, but they weren't getting consistent pressure, so it's like manufactured sacks, and that hasn't happened in the last three weeks. They haven't gotten them from anybody, and so that's going to be interesting to watch because if 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 Fields' troubles come with pressure and the Cardinals don't generate a lot of pressure, and I'll tell you this, there isn't much to be there, like especially. Yeah, the Cardinals' defense, unless they – and that's the part. So the Steelers' def- offense, terrible. And so the Cardinals did, did really well against the Steelers' offense. Y- the the Bears have some explosiveness to their game. Um, you know, if you look at they, – they were able – they put up 28. Um, but, like, if you look over the last several games, obviously, they haven't scored a lot of points. They, they actually – just the just the Lions – uh, are the only two games where they've surpassed 20 points. But if they run the ball well, and they do have a high, high-end guy in DJ Moore, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch because the Cardinals don't offer much resistance in the sense of defense because they're so depleted. They're, they're down three three of their four best defensive linemen are injured reserve. They're on now on their third string Mike linebacker as Kaiser White's done for the year and they just lost Josh Woods and now they're down to Chris Barnes. Um, they're playing mostly rookies at cornerback and then you've got safeties, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, but like if your two safeties are your two best players, that's not much. And again, no sacks in the last three weeks. What is the potential of of this of the of the Chicago offense against a defense like that? Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is an offense that really they start you know on the ground. Like they're going to look to establish that that ground game with Deontay Foreman, Lil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, get Justin Fields on the move a little bit too. But when you ha- and when you have a weapon like DJ Moore, you know, he was bang he was banged up a little bit last week. Um, you could you could tell he was he was limping a little bit even early on in the game, but he was still out there. Still made some big grabs for the Bears, so he wasn't. He's on the injury report right now, so he should be good to go. But when you have a weapon like that, you you need to utilize him as much as possible. That's been an issue for Luke Getze, who just like there's been times this year where like DJ Moore hasn't been a focal point in the offense, and it's crazy like- when he's your best offensive player. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the one thing I am concerned about though is on the offensive line, Tevin Jenkins, who's arguably their best offensive lineman there at left guard. He's still in concussion protocol, so he probably won't be able to go. So Cody Whitehair uh, plugged in at left guard for him. The tackles, Braxton Jones um, and rookie Darnell, right, they've been solid. They're going to be opportunities in, in terms of, like, the pass rush in, from the, inter- in the interior. I mean, Lucas Patrick has struggled. Cody Whitehair essentially, you know, was the odd man out, so he was benched um, when Nate Davis uh, came back at right guard. Nate Davis had his worst game uh, last week, but again, going up against you know that Cleveland defense is not an easy feat. But I think that if there are are or can talk are opportunities uh, to get after Justin Fields, you're going to bring that pressure uh, from the interior. Any so yeah, that, let's 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 build it on that. That so coming up next on the Rise of Sierra podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's move on to the predictions, picks, other stats that we think that are going to happen. That's coming up next on Rise of Sierra. 
We're back on the Rise of Seaweed podcast, Mr. Cardinals Talk. We move to the final segment where we make our predictions, picks, and, and kind of think what we think is going to happen. This is not necessarily the same thing as Seth and I will we give the prop bets that we like, but we can talk about what do we think are going to happen. How do you see this game playing out? Um, I, for me, I look at this game, I'm like, I don't have any idea how this game is going to play out. I, w- I was going to say that exact same thing. I, I do think it's going to be close. That's where I would lean, but I could also see like one because you mentioned how the last three have been blowouts. I could see it getting to a point if a team makes enough mistakes that it ends up being like that. But you know, I, I haven't even officially made my prediction yet. But and I have not picked the Bears often to win this season, um, <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> have the Bears been favored in any games other than this week? They have. This is uh, the third time they've okay. been favored. They were favored against the Panthers, and then they were okay, favored against sense. the Packers in Week One. Okay. Um, that also makes sense with that. So that was the no one knew about Jordan Love and and, and all of that. So that makes sense. Cardinals have not been favored yeah. in a game yet this season, and won't wow. be, won't be really? the rest of the year. And they're going because they're going to play Philadelphia in Seattle. No, they've been the underdog in every single game. I think the closest that it got was uh, was it the um, I think it was the Atlanta game. I think they were one point under. That might have been Atlanta Houston were the two games where they were they were the least. They were fav- they were the lowest underdog that they've been, but they've been underdog. Were they the road every- team? Uh, they were at home in, at, against Atlanta, and then on the road against Houston. But no, actually, it was just the Atlanta. It's, it's almost like your favorite, right? Home team gets three, so you're yeah, like, but not it's not really, but, not really, <laughs> not but really favored. But <laughs> and they won that game by two, so it was it they was <laughs> they 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 didn't exactly cover what would have been a home time, but yeah yeah so that works. But no, look, I, I've I've been every week I've written Cardinals underdogs again, Cardinals underdogs again. <laughs> I've been doing that, but apparently not as much as you, <laughs> uh, which I'm thankful. I can always like like hey, they were favorites like two, th- now three times you know this season, so it's not all bad, but. Yeah, I mean, this is just like a game when you look at it. Two teams that are contending for top five draft picks, top three. Um, so I'm not expecting a whole lot. I, I, I'm i expecting a close game, uh, probably a defensive battle. So that, that I was going to ask is if you think it's going to be higher scoring or lower scoring. I'd probably lean lower scoring, uh, and now I'm going to be completely wrong. Cause every, <laughs> every time I make a prediction or when I would pick the Bears, it's just like the complete opposite happens. Um, so, yeah, this... This game, like you said, I have no idea. Like, I think we'll know pretty early on. Like, I, I think the first series, like early in the first quarter, that I'll know exactly. Then I'll then I can make my prediction. Like, I'll be able to know. <laughs> um, well, actually, wait. And so, unless they're leading by ten in the fourth quarter, and then I'm gonna flip it. Because uh, you know, hey, the bear. They, hey, they don't. They blow leads to everyone. Does not have to be good teams. So, yeah, this this match, this game's gonna be quite interesting. But like you said too, with the draft implications. It's not something where, okay, hey, if the Bears lose, it won't be all bad, right? Because yeah. that's all the draft position. You look at it, I think there are five uh, five teams, five other teams, uh, or have, five total teams that have five, five wins. wins. So yeah. that's, you could go from five, picking fifth, to picking ninth. Um, but again, when you have the number one pick, it's, it's not all bad. Right. So it's not like last it's year. It's a rough where, life. It's a rough yeah, life when you have somebody else's first overall pick. So you, you, you can win. It worked and you're out like, perfectly. <laughs> it did work out perfectly. Man, Ryan Poles um, has just been like getting so lucky here. Like, I mean, you get, you get the number one pick twice in a row. Like, when does that happen? I don't think that's happened. Ever. Oh, my gosh. The way that the Bears did that last year, that, that was absurd <laughs> how that happened with the Texans losing to the Colts and, and losing. I was watching that game more than the Bears. <laughs> Justin Fields was playing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching this one. I mean, this I'm, 
kind of more invested in this. Lovey I mean, Smith, Lovey Smith with the F you to Houston. But then I also <laughs> want to thank Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you know, for, you know, going, helping the Steelers, right? You know, lose yeah. to both the Cardinals and to the Patriots. I mean, once a bear, always a bear. <laughs> Appreciate the assist there. That's, there we go. There we go with that. Um, so if you're going to look at this game, I, I think, I think I'm going to say 28, 24 bears. I think, I think it's going to no. be a higher score because, because, uh, I don't know why, but I don't like, even though that the bears don't have a high powered offense, the Cardinals defense just offers very, they, they can, they can hold with them. Like, I don't know because they, you know, 10 points against. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's of offense is dreadful. They gave up 45 to the Niners, 37 to the Rams, 21 to the Texans. They did okay like that. 23 to the Falcons. The Falcons have a terrible offense. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, I don't know. It's, aside from the Steelers game, the the defense is good. These are the last. These excluding Steelers, 31, 27, 23, 21, 37, and 45. And so I'm going to think that's going to be. Bears 28, Cardinals 24, just because I think that it's going to be too hard for the Cardinals to do what they want to do unless unless they get some production from the wide receiver position and they haven't gotten product, production from the receiver position in about three weeks. Uh, in the last two, so they had the bye week, so four catches for 20 yards against the 49ers. It was something similar against the Steelers. And and against the Rams, that like Hollywood had, uh, I think six catches for eighty eight. But since then, he hasn't had a catch. So twenty twenty four. I'm gonna say the Bears, which means I, based on the line I saw yesterday, that's not that's a that's a good solid push because it was a four point spread as of yesterday. Yeah, I'm I'm look, I'm checking the over unders. That's forty three and a half. Because like you're I'm, you're kind of talking me into it too. I I think. Because I haven't made my official prediction yet, but I, I think I'm leaning Bears 24, uh, Cardinals 20. No, another push. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I kind of like the, I like the idea of both teams doing stuff offensively. Uh, yeah. Then, because, because also, like, if either way, win or lose, if you see positives from the quarterbacks, that's good for yes. moving forward. So uh, you, you, Absolutely. Can, you can talk me into that sort of game for sure. I'm I'm here for that, and these are the kind of games. Because trust me, I went through like a whole season of this last year, where it's just you're okay with them losing as long as you're seeing the progress that you needed from Justin Fields, which they got last week, and he's been he's he's really improved this season, especially in the passing game. Even though he hasn't always gotten the best protection, DJ Moore has been his DJ Moore and Cole Komet have been his top two consistent guys. So, I mean, this is a game. Yeah, let's let's have. Justin Fields, I'm looking for a really solid performance from him coming off the coming off that Browns game because he didn't have his best game, but he also wasn't bad. There was so many deficiencies, kind of like things going on around him, some drop, a couple drop touchdowns. Like this is a game where you could live with it, right? A, a low scoring <laughs> yes. game, but the offense, the quarterbacks, they're doing well. I'm here for that because I'm I'm here for whatever keeps Justin Fields in Chicago next year, just because I think that you can build around him. I, I've seen enough. Like, and you, I mean, yes, Caleb Williams could end up being really great, so could Drake May, but no one's guaranteed, nothing, that's not guaranteed. Right, well, again, you see what Chicago's done with quarterbacks for the last, what, 80 years? Like, exactly. Who's finally found a good one? 
one. Great. <laughs> we look like who's the best quarterback that they've had for like, and I'm, I'm like Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler, nobody yeah. likes him. They don't. They, they don't love. They, nobody likes Jay Cutler. But Jay Cutler was like un, Cutler. unmistakably <laughs> the best quarterback in Bears history that I can remember. Now, I know of Jim McMahon. I don't remember Jim McMahon, but I remember yeah. Mike Tomzak. I'm like Mike Tomzak was like the Bears with the quarterback position has just been. What is it? Is it the cold weather? Like, is it the fact that they they believe in just running the ball and playing defense? But like for Jay Cutler to be the best quarterback that you've had in a generation that's that's sad i thank you I, it, it really is and I, I i think that's the thing too and you like listen to bears fans and like when they i remember when they drafted justin fields i was jumping up and down literally like oh my god because at first i thought that ryan pace because he makes stupid decisions <laughs> was gonna draft mac jones and I, I was prepared for it even when they traded when they trade up i'm like oh god here it comes and then they drafted Justin Fields. It's like, okay, whoa, what happened? Like, because he he has like he has it all. He has got the skill set. He he has the potential to be a star quarterback, but he can't do it all on his own. And no. that's on the Bears like, because you, you look at it like how they haven't been able to draft quarterbacks too. It's an organizational thing. Just like they haven't done what they need to do. Whether it's stick with the quarterback, whether it's you know build up front with the offensive line. Um, Jay Cutler, even when he was here, he had so many different offensive coordinators because they would just keep going through them. He, you know, didn't really have it, you know, a lot of weapons until they got uh, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Like, it's just an organizational thing at this point, and that's why I think you owe it to Justin Fields to go out. And this is going to be on Ryan Poles because when you look at the Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus thing, Ryan Poles was hired two days before Matt Eberflus was hired. Essentially, when Poles was here, the Bears had their three finalists picked out. It was Eberflus, Dan Quinn, and Jim Caldwell. Um, so none of them really screamed. Like, you know, you had one offensive mind in there, which was Caldwell, and, you know, he's, no, he's uh, definitely up there. And you know, so, I, I, as much as, as Caldwell, like, he is the most boring of all of that, like, the, the, remember the days when he was there in Indy and basically he was a cardboard cutout. People thought he was basically a cardboard cutout coaching. <laughs> but it, it's crazy, too, because, like, like, he had those three and it was basically, okay, polls picked between those three. And this is the same, you know, uh, coaching cycle where they didn't even interview Mike McDaniel. <laughs> and I'm just like, in hindsight, it's like, oh, my gosh, like. How did you miss out on that? I mean, I remember they, they did interview Doug Peterson, which that was something. I was like, I know they're not going to go another Kansas City offensive coordinator. That's too soon. And the Bears <laughs> have this habit of flipping. So since their head coach was an offensive guy last time, they had to go defense this time. So guess what? It's going to be offense this time. Like, it's it's weird. But uh, I think the best, you know, case scenario for the Bears would be to, I mean, to stick with Justin Fields and get a new head coach. But, again, are they going to? You know, I think I don't know. Maybe they asked the the new head coach, "Can you build with Justin Fields?" And maybe it's kind of one of those things. I mean, that's that's going to be interesting to see because if the only way to get Justin Fields back is to bring Matt Eberflus back, I mean, I could see a scenario <laughs> where it happens, but I'm not excited because I know how Matt Eberflus just blows games. So yeah. So let's let's talk. So, um, how many yards do you think Deontay Foreman ends up with? Oh. What's the over under set on? Do you have that? Um, do not yet. Let me pull it up. Because I guess this one, I do need to get my, you know, my my prop in for the for the best yes. for the for the network listicle. 
Uh, let me see. <laughs> Bears, players. I had mine up, and it wasn't Deontay Foreman for one, because like I normally kind of go back and forth to him because he's just the addition, Foreman's only like what he's done. Thirty-eight and a half. Wow. That's over under for him. I mean, last week he had mine. Oh my goodness, I'm looking at last week, and again, it's that Cleveland defense. They're they're just incredible. Um, because Foreman has been just like the pillar of consistency this season when he gets. Um, at least 10 touches. Uh, he had six carries for negative six yards last oh, week. That's just, that's, that's n- I mean, that's brutal. Um, I don't see something like that happening. I mean, thir- what was it, 38, you said? Yes. 38 and a half? I could, I, I'd probably take the over on that. I'd probably say Foreman gets probably in the 50, 60 okay. range. Would you say? Because, like, they have two other guys now with, with Khalil Herbert yeah. and Roshan that they kind of, they cycle in there. But Foreman is the guy just because he's been the most consistent of the three. Then you have Justin Fields, obviously, that factors into the run game, too. So, who do you hands I'd up probably with say, more rushing yards? Would you, do you think it'd be Connor or Foreman who has more rushing yards in this game? Oh, I'd probably, I'd probably say James What Connor. about... And he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, so. that's oh, that's so bad. <laughs> so I probably should mention this week, right? <laughs> oh man, oh man. So, um, sacks. How many sacks do you think that the Bears get? And do you think so? Knowing that the Cardinals haven't had a sack in the last three weeks, yeah. Do you think that the Cardinals will get a sack? And how many? How how many sacks do you think the Bears will get? How many think the Cardinals will get? Um, for the Bears, I'm going to put it, I'm going to say they have around three. Okay. Three, maybe four, depend, uh, because Montez Sweat can just take over. Like, he had two and a half on his own last week. I mean, he's just like Does a he, monster. Does he line up more on the defensive left side or the defensive right side? Um, more on the left side, but he, he'll go between okay. both. So they, we'll get to what? see him against Paris Johnson, primarily, it looks okay. like. Okay. Ooh, Paris Johnson, who I really thought the Bears were going to take before the Cardinals swooped on up there uh, in the draft. But, yeah, I could see them getting anywhere from three to four. Um, and it's crazy because there were games where they didn't have any sex. But, again, Montez Sweat, just incredible. In terms of the Bears, I mean, I think this is when that streak ends for the Cardinals, honestly, just because Justin Fields is – I mean, he's responsible for a lot of sacks just because he can sit back there and hold on to the ball and waiting for something to develop. So I think that – I think that that leads to at least a couple of sacks. Okay. I mean, yeah. So I think the streak ends, so right. let's celebrate. <laughs> a player to watch, I think, for this one will be uh, Dante Stills, as Cardinals' six-round pick, because if, if it's the interior, if it's the yeah. interior that, that they have questions about, Dante Stills, with his pass rush ability from the interior, is, is a fun one to look at there. Turnovers. Who wins the turnover battle, and will it be a... Will one or two teams end up turning the ball over multiple times? Oh, I, I have to, I mean, until the Bears prove otherwise for me, I have to go with the Bears just because that defense itself just, um, I mean, my goodness, the number of takeaways they've been able to produce. And just, again, Justin Fields hasn't, I mean, he did throw two interceptions, but those are, again, Hail Marys, but he hasn't thrown uh, interceptions in like those kind of situations uh, in the last three games. He's been really good with that. But again, he has to take care of the football. I could see him having a fumble. Um, hopefully there's no more special teams miscues, like Trent Taylor muffing that pump. But it was raining. It, it was ugly. Looking at the weather conditions, I don't foresee that happening again. So I, I still have to go with the Bears just because of what that defense is doing. Like I feel like they're going to win the turnover battle just because I feel like they're going to have a few takeaways in this game. 
All right. Well, with that, we will end this edition of the Rise of Syria podcast, Mr. Cardinals Talk on the web. Big thanks to Alyssa Barbieri. You can find her work over at BearsWire.com. Are you on? Uh, I know you're on Twitter. I just don't remember what the... I <laughs> yes, I am. It's at Alyssa Barbieri. Okay, that's easy enough. Uh, you can follow her stuff at BearsWire. By the way, weather, what's that going to be like this weekend? It's a po- from the last time I heard because I did a, a podcast last night. Forty five degrees, oh, kind of. So it's in basically that area. as good that's as no- it could be. That's nothing. That's like a sunny day for them. Yeah. For the- <laughs> that that's good. That's good because the Cardinals <laughs> played in Pittsburgh in great. Well, actually, it t- turned into gross wet weather. But that especially with we've got Chicago this weekend. We've got Philly next weekend on the road. So if, yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be fun. Going to be fun. <laughs> All right, that's Alyssa Barbier. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, we'll be back. Seth and I will be back next week to talk about um, post-Christmas stuff. Maybe there was a win. Maybe there's a loss. We'll figure that out. But thanks for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals Talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.